or my niece, for example, my niece will say, because <laughs> she's been around, you know, she she hears the stories that, that uh, we have, me and my, my two brothers that we'll share from our childhood. And she'll say stuff like, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine grandpa being mean. And then me and my brothers will look at each other when we hear this and we listen to her say it. We look at each other and we're like, she. I was about eight years old when I had that moment we all have uh, as kids where you just got your ass beat and you have to have that serious talk with your parents. I, I remember I sat my dad down and I looked at his uh, incredibly strong muscle dense hands where each finger is like the size of a water bottle and it's just so dense muscle that's built like like that of a silverback gorilla that's just constantly grinding, climbing, throwing things uh, in there day in and day out. And I remember looking at his hands and looking up to him and saying, Dad, we can't do this. If I'm going to keep getting into trouble, you can't be this strong, dude. Come on. If you're going to keep whooping my ass for me getting in trouble, you can't be this strong. You can't. This isn't working out. And... <laughs> Well, that's kind of how it went. <laughs> Welcome to episode number two of the Entertained Podcast with me, Anthony Thomas. Uh, episode one was terrific. We discussed myself and my mother. We discussed uh, passing on virtues to children. And the the key principle there which was the takeaway from mom that she offered was you have to lead by example if you expect your kids to carry on the virtues that you're hoping to pass to them then you definitely have to lead by example and that goes if you don't have kids if you're trying to pass on virtues to children at all nieces nephews uh any you know big brother big sister program anyone that you mentor lead by example that's the root of it and we can dive dive into that more later too but another key aspect that uh, mom and I talked about in episode one. It's never too late to improve your relationships, your parent to child relationships or any other relationships. We were specifically talking parent to child. And that is a very, very important concept that I hope you can take some value from uh, our talk here today. That it really is, it's it's not too late. And if it is too late in your mind in one relationship, then maybe focus on another relationship. But the point is, now is a great time to improve your relationships. Um, whether you do that one at a time, definitely parent to child relationships. That, that's something that a lot of folks do struggle with. And even I feel as though I have a fantastic relationship with both of my parents, but there's room to improve. And that's the key point here is we want to get better. So uh, episode number two, we're going to talk about being honest with ourselves. And if you think of that moment, right, that, <laughs> that talk I had with my dad, I, I we didn't really do that to, in person per se. It kind of went on in my head after I got my ass whooped for being bad. 
<laughs> but I had to talk in my head where I had to say, dad, you're too strong. If I'm going to keep getting into trouble, you can't be this strong. So let's look at that and, and look at honesty here. If I'm going to be a better person for myself, which in turn obviously makes your relationships better. Everything really does start with ourselves. I could either look at that situation where I did something bad, got my ass whooped for it, rightfully so. If you must know, this is when I had first heard the N-word very recently, had no idea what it meant, and I called my brother a fat N-word. And dad heard it from inside the house. We were outside playing. Dad heard it from inside the house. And he came, he snatched me up and whooped my ass. <laughs> and I later found out why. At the time, I was a bit confused. Uh, but he whooped my ass. I mean, I remember it vividly. He picked me up by both of my hands. I was literally hanging in the air like this. And he was holding just with one. It was like he had all of his experience. He grew up in, in uh, a very, he grew up in the South in you know the 60s and uh, 70s where he faced a lot of extreme racism like we're talking the clan type the, the racism that everybody imagines when you hear the term racism so it was like in that moment he was he was exerting every bit of his experience in his childhood his upbringing his whole life with racism he was he was letting that all out into whooping my ass to beat it all out of me to make sure that that shit was not a thing. That was not about to happen again, and especially not about to happen in his house. Uh, we laugh about that today. Me, my brothers, our whole family, we laugh about the whoopings that we got. So when we're looking at, at this and we're looking at our relationships and bettering our relationships, we have to absolutely look at ourselves first. That's the, that's the starting point. If you want a better relationship, start with yourself. And the way that you get better in your relationships, the way that you improve your relationship with self is honesty and thorough honesty. I'm not talking about, oh, you know, I'll be a little bit real. Yeah, this is true, but kind of half truths or non-thorough truths about ourselves. We have to keep it very real if we're going to see positive change. So in that instance, I dropped the N-word, called my brother his name. And my dad whoops my ass. Very strong man, right? He whoops my ass and <laughs> I could take this two ways. Either A, dad, you're too strong, right? If we're gonna keep this relationship going, how it, you're too strong for what I'm doing, right? I'm being bad, I'm getting into trouble. You're too strong for that. You're whooping my ass and it hurts, bad. So you gotta stop being so strong, you know? Stop being so strong and mean. That's one way to take it. That completely removes all responsibility for myself in this scenario. That completely takes any power of change away from me. The other way to look at it and keep it very real is if it's not him that's wrong, he's wrong for being strong, right? Is dad too strong or is it Anthony that's wrong? If he is not too strong, then what's left is that I have to keep it real with myself that I'm in the wrong in my behavior. And now by being very, very thoroughly honest with myself, then I either have to choose to actively continue being bad now that I know that I'm at fault, now that I know that I'm the one that's being wrong, I have to, I have to be very thoroughly honest with myself. If I am and I say, yeah, it's not that dad's too strong. It's that I'm in the wrong, so therefore, 
I have to change. And now I can either A, continue down the same path doing wrong, but now I'm going against who I truly believe uh, I aspire to be. I don't aspire to be a bad kid, right? I don't aspire to be a person who knows right from wrong and still chooses to do wrong. Now, I can either do that and and, and kind of uh, make that change by being honest, or I actively go against myself, my own virtues and say, yeah, I know that's wrong, but I actually am still going to keep doing that, even though I know it's wrong and it's not what I aspire to be, right? So we have to first be fully honest with ourselves in order for us to change. And the reason, I mean, if you think about partial honesty with ourselves, right? If we think about, yeah, maybe I was kind of wrong, but he is still too strong. Dad's still too strong for this. He's, he's... (laughs) He's still too mean. He's still too strong. Um, What comes from us not being thorough in our honesty and the assessment of ourselves before we start to look at our relationships with other people is we're we're being dishonest or non-thoroughly truthful with ourselves because it's comfortable. If I don't keep it real with myself, then I get to stay doing whatever I'm doing. The moment that we keep it real, the moment that I go, all right, and you've been messing up. You can't be going around calling your brother the N-word. You can't go dropping this, that, whatever. The moment that I keep it real is the moment that I have to, to get uncomfortable, right? Because I know what comes. I know when I'm bad, I know I'm going to get my ass whooped, right? I know my pops is going to whoop that ass. If I'm doing something different, I don't know what's to come of that. Do I get a worse ass whooping? Or do I get no ass whooping? There's some level of unknown there. So when I keep it real, then that's going to force change. That's going to force an outcome that I haven't really experienced yet because I've been telling myself whatever partial truth, whatever kind of deceiving of myself bit that leads to the life that I'm currently living. Whatever that is, whatever relationship I'm currently in right now, whatever friendship uh, parentship, uh, childship, whatever your, your romantic relationship, however you are right now, however you're behaving right now, whether it's fully at the potential of what you strive to be, or it's lower than that, you know, what outcomes are happening based on that behavior. If you keep it real and you're like, well, I'm not actually giving my best here. You know, I'm not doing all that I can do to make this as healthy as possible or as good as possible. If you keep it real and you pinpoint like, what is it that I'm doing or not doing that's making me fall short from what I want to be doing and not doing? What are those things? When we keep it real that way, that's when it gets uncomfortable because now you, A, you're addressing it. So therefore you have to act on it. Again, do I, now that I've addressed it and I've seen what it is, do I choose to change it, which takes effort and we like to be comfortable, Netflix and chill. We want to just chill, right? We want to just post up. If you're not keeping it real with yourself, it's it's going to allow you to stay in that comfortable mode where you know what the outcome is day in, day out. You already know what the reactions are, what the consequences of your behavior doing this half-assery, whatever it is. When we keep it real with ourselves and we take that ownership onto ourselves, that's when the work starts. And we don't like work. A lot of times we're like, man, I'm, if I keep telling myself this like half truth, yeah, I'm keeping it real with myself, but you're not being thoroughly honest with yourself. That's what allows you to keep kind of just staying in cruise control instead of taking on the work, instead of making the effort. The effort is something we avoid because we don't want to do extra work. And the, the new unknown 
is something we don't want to take on because there's comfort in the known. Even if the the known of what we have right now, even if how things are going right now aren't ideal, we at least know it enough to be comfortable with it. And if we change, there's so much discomfort with that. If I change my behavior, that's going to bring about new outcomes, new experiences with the people that I love the most. There's, there's going to be criticisms, right? If I do, anytime we do something new, that welcomes different criticism from people. Sometimes the people that are closest to us, our parents, the loved ones, um, our, whoever our, our romantic partner is, our friends. Anytime we do something new, there's this space for criticism. Like, man, why, why are they doing that? Why? Oh, they think they're like this. Oh, they think they're like that. You know, there's this person taking on this new, they're trying to, you hear it a lot when people talk about getting out the hood, right? Oh, you think you try to act brand new and you try to do this, trying to do that. And it's, it's something that is going to happen in any instance where we change our behavior, whatever that looks like. If you're trying to get better, you can expect criticism, but there's a good thing to come from this. And, it, and it's not something to completely let that fear of criticism take a hold of you, right? So we basically have to get comfortable. We have to get comfortable with criticism and expecting criticism, I would say, instead of getting comfortable with criticism, get, get comfortable expecting criticism because we have to be fully honest with ourselves in order to attack the new, uh, new challenge that will get us closer to living how we admire, how we aspire to live, the values that we hold up. For example, one of the things that I had to be really honest with myself recently is I have not been the uncle to my nieces and nephews that I admire, right? It's not that I have a bad relationship. It's not that I'm not a good uncle, but in my mind and in what I aspire to be, what I admire in other people who are uncles and in uncles that I view as good uncles, I'm not living up to that. And the, the reality is it's, it simply comes down to the amount of contact. I haven't been giving a call or FaceTime or, or communicating enough to satisfy me and my desires in being a good uncle. I haven't been doing that enough with my nieces and nephews. So that's something that it's it's challenging for me to to be honest with myself and with others and with you. And, and I've had this conversation with family and friends and everything. That's a challenging honesty a challenging reality for me to face. It's not so detrimental. There's nothing crazy on the line and there's far more intense relationship challenges that people face, that I've faced, that you're probably facing. This is just an example that I have to keep it real. And in order to make a change, in order to live up and, and close that gap where I'm living here, but I admire this right here, in order to close that gap, I have to keep it real. Keeping it real with myself, I'm not hitting up my nieces and nephews enough. So now I either continue down that road of not doing it, but now I've acknowledged it, I've kept it real, and that's gonna that's gonna eat at me every time, every gap that I don't hit them up, enough so that eventually it's going to flip that switch. Or, and a lot sooner than if I didn't acknowledge it. Sometimes you leave things unacknowledged, you don't keep it real, or you keep it halfway real. Like I could be like, oh, you know, I'm a good uncle. I'm a good uncle to my nieces and nephews, which I believe is true. I could tell myself that, but that's not the whole truth. The whole truth is I'm a good uncle, but I have the capacity to be a better uncle. And here's what it looks like. Give them a call, give them a text, uh, shoot a FaceTime session over to them, whatever it is, right? Give that time to my nieces and nephews. That's what's going to make me a better uncle. 
this is the reality. This is the honest, the true thorough honesty that we have to have with ourselves. And that's what's going to cause the action of becoming better. That's what will trigger that moment of is pops too strong or am I in the wrong, right? Is it, is it the case that it's them or is it me? And if it is me, what can I do to change it? That's what we have to get down to here. So the, the real honesty with ourselves is the, that's the challenging first step. We have to keep it really, really, really honest with ourselves thoroughly, not just on the surface level. Am I a good uncle? Yeah, I'm a good uncle. Well, if I stopped there, I wouldn't become a better uncle. So I have to ask a more thorough question here. What would make me a better uncle? And that's based on the values that I see in what a good uncle looks like. So we ask our, this is something that we can ask ourselves all the time, whatever relationship, am I a good son? How could I be a better son? That second question is going to completely change the level of relationship that I have with my parents. That's going to change everything. So when you ask yourself this identity that you hold in your relationship, whatever that may be, ask yourself the next question, how can this be better? How can I be better to this relationship? That's where you start to find the answers that will affect change. This is where it does get uncomfortable, where you go, well, damn, you know, I've been lacking in this. But today is the best day to pick up and start uh, a new progressive session with your relationships, right? Don't beat yourself up over the past. Don't beat yourself up over not being at that level yesterday, last year, however long you've been you know, kind of cruise control. Don't beat yourself up over that. Be nice to yourself. Right now you're addressing it. Right now you're taking this challenge on. You're being honest with yourself so that you can start today instead of starting next year, right? Be kind with yourself, but get after it. Be honest about this stuff, right? And it's fun. <laughs> what's funny is uh, I hear folks say today, present day, a lot of people, a lot of people, they'll say they'll say stuff like, like, man, your pops is your pops is so cool, man. Your pops is cool. And then, you know, like I, things like I, I know your pops was in the army. I know he was in the army and everything, but man, he's so chill. He's 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 just like a gentle giant. Or my niece, for example, my niece will say because <laughs> she's been around, you know, she she hears the stories that, that uh, we have me, my, my two brothers that we'll share from our childhood. And she'll say stuff like. I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine grandpa being mean. And then me and my brothers will look at each other when we hear this and we listen to her say it. We look at each other and we're like, shit. <laughs> you have no idea. This dude, when we were being raised, Pops was mean and strong. He was all of this to us, our perspective as kids, of course, right? He was all these things. So we just kind of, we just kind of laugh at this stuff. Like, man, y'all have no idea. You know, you have no idea what Pops was like some years ago. Now, when I look at this, when I look back and I think of that shift, right? Because he used to be, he used to be a much, a far meaner dude. When he was raising us, Pops was a mean dude. Um, Taking that into full context, he didn't have the, the, mentorship he didn't have someone to look up to to play a fatherly role this man like my mom was just figuring out on the fly there wasn't somebody that was the role model for him to follow along or even someone to share with him hey find a role model to follow along 
didn't have any of that, any of the resources or, or anything like this. So you have to take that into consideration for, for all this, which we all do. And we all love and, and laugh about all this stuff now. But that same strength that we laugh about him having that, you know, he was this, this very strong, um, this strong father figure for us. And now he's still a strong father and grandfatherly figure to so many, not just our family, but to, to so many other folks that, that come into our lives, my li the lives of my brothers and, and myself and, and my nieces and nephews. That same strength that he had raising us is strength that he still has now. And that's the same strength that's actually allowed him to become this gentle giant that everybody sees today, right? It's that strength because he had to face criticisms, even still to this day. Um, like when, when me and my brothers, when we hear these stories or we share these stories, you know, with the family and the nieces and nephews are just like, we can't even imagine it. And we're like, shit. That's criticism, right? That's criticism straight from his family, straight from from his children in this group, in the core community, where that's something that challenges the reality that he's trying to live. That's something that we offer up, as, and it is in the form of a criticism, not in a bad way, but it's you know a fun, loving thing, and it is just our experience. But he has the choice of, okay, do I revert and live by the old me? Do I live up to the standards of what everybody remembers me as? Or do I keep growing? Do I keep becoming closer and closing that gap from who I am today and who I really aspire to be? And, and that's the strength of facing those criticisms and not reverting back to the mean old man, right? But choosing to, to be the gentle giant for the family and whoever else and friends and, and strangers, you know, that's that same strength that I had to have that talk with him about. <laughs> That's the same strength that allows him to endure the criticisms and be the man that he is and, and the man that he is still becoming, which is a beautiful thing. We all absolutely love the man. We all still deeply love him and loved him then, even when we thought he was just the meanest, uh, <laughs> the meanest old man. So 20 years later, 20 years later, after the the old talk I had to have with the old man, where I had to sit down, the talk that we all have with our old man. Dad, you're too strong and too mean if I'm going to keep acting this way. We can't have this, both. I can't keep acting this way. You can't be this strong and mean. 20 years after that conversation, my pops and I, were, we're in Auckland, New Zealand. We're in New Zealand. Uh, I, I'm about to compete in a professional long drive tournament down there. We're in New Zealand and we're cruising in this $100,000 Mercedes Benz. We're cruising the streets. I mean, it's, it is beautiful. The sun is shining. The windows are down. We've got this beautiful, fresh ocean breeze that's just wafting through the windows as we're cruising the streets. And I remember I, I, <laughs> I looked over, I looked over at him and, and I just saw as he's looking out and taking all of the, the landscape in, I just see so much pride in him, right? We're down in, the, in, this is his first time south of the equator. In the Southern hemisphere, this is his very first time. And we're down here because his son is about to compete at the professional level for a trophy, which ultimately ended up winning. And we got to share in that enjoyment and everything. This is before the tournament. We're on the way out to the tournament, actually. And he's, he's just filled with so much pride of, of wow, we're, we're traveling the world together right now and this is you know from 
this son that I, that I raise and, and I just see that pride and I feel it. And I, and I look over at him and I just kind of, I just smile and I can just see, you know, in this moment, the only way this moment happens is because of him sacrificing his own joys, the things that he wanted in order to buy me my first set of golf clubs at 13 years old, right? In order to pay for the greens fees for me to, to keep on, keep on going out there and, and playing golf and, that moment right there is when he points his very muscle dense finger and he says, Hey, in that gentle giant voice, Hey, is it them or is it us that's driving on the wrong side of the road? And I look up and in the same lane driving straight at us is another car and I'm like, oh shit. And I pop over because I was driving on the right side. It's New Zealand, you drive on the left side. So I swerve over and he was just super calm, super collected, the gentle giant for sure. And and we and I'm just cracking up. This is my first time driving on the opposite side of the road. I'm in New Zealand. This is, and there's so much going on. And we had a massive laugh in that moment. We were both cracking up. And, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Pops, Pops, we got to team up on this, man. You got to keep reminding me. Left side, left side, all right? Left side. I just need that. I'm going to handle the driving. I just need you to handle that. We're going to team up on this. And Pops just laughs and he's like, all right, I got you. I got you. And I'm just thinking <laughs> that that relationship, that moment of teamwork, that that was something I could never as a child, as a young child, when I thought my dad was so mean and so strong, a strong mean man, I never could have imagined that type of relationship, that type of bond where we could team up, right? He was always this authoritative figure who was mean <laughs> when we were growing up, right? Never could I have imagined this. And I mean, this is 20 years, 20 years after that ass whooping I got for dropping the N-word, calling my brother a little fat N-word. And here we are. I mean, my pops had me when he was 34 years old. So he's in, you know, at this point, I was eight or so during that first story. So he's, I mean, when we were in New Zealand, he was in his 60s at this point. And I'm just thinking, how many people think it's too late or claim that it's too late? When the reality is you're just not keeping it fully real with yourself. Is it really too late? Or can you ask a better question that's going to help you have better relationships with your children or with your parents? Is it really honestly too late? Or can you ask another question that says, if it's not too late, what can I do to make this relationship better? If it's not too late, how can I act? How can I behave? How can I work on myself in order to welcome a more healthy relationship here? How can I do anything at all instead of just writing it off as it's too late, it's so far gone or anything? And maybe it is. Some some instances, people are so extreme that it is. I'm not saying rekindle the extremely toxic relationships in your life, but sometimes, and it's 
I wouldn't say it's so common, but sometimes they are too far gone and there is so toxic. But the reality is, if that's the case, you asking more questions about the relationship, about yourself is going to reveal that anyway. So don't be afraid to get honest, to get thoroughly honest with yourself. Ask yourself the question, is this too late? And if it is or is not, what can I do to improve this relationship? And hopefully, hopefully you'll you'll see that not as your dad being too strong, but as you being in the wrong and finding something that you can do to be better, to avoid those ass whoopings. <laughs> be fully honest with yourself and and have the courage, have the strength, have the strength that my pops had to go from the mean old man to the gentle giant that I can't imagine grandpa being mean, right? have that strength to endure even your family's criticisms. If you know that this new behavior that you're seeking, that new person, if if you want to be a better uncle and you know that making more phone calls, maybe that the criticisms that come up in, in my family, I can imagine this. I can imagine my family. If I were to call and, and text and everything, my nieces and nephews, a boatload, I can imagine my family roasting me over that. Like, man, this dude stays on the phone with these kids. He's, this he got a direct line. We got to get a new phone plan. We got to get what I can imagine, whatever jokes, and it's all in love. And the reality is, whether that's a criticism out of love or, or anything else, because a lot of times criticism does come from a loving place, but it's still criticism. And sometimes it doesn't it doesn't help. The point is, I have to have the strength knowing I want to be a better uncle and knowing that this could make me a better uncle. I have to take that action. Whatever it is that you have that can make you a better person in that relationship, take that action. And the way we get there is to be completely honest with ourselves. Pops has gone from a man who was an old mean pops to us, old mean dad, to this gentle giant. And he's getting closer and closer to becoming the man that he admires. And we all love him for this. We all admire this in him and everything, right? That's that's the strength that we have to have and we can have. As long as we keep it honest with ourselves and and just stick to being a person that's trying to live life closer to the person that we admire, the person that we want ourselves to be, get closer to that every single day, whatever we can do, however we can do it. And, and not every day is going to be golden. You know, like mom said in episode one, when we were chatting, she was saying, you know, sometimes I just need to let me have this moment. And that is healthy to have this moment of I, I'm, I'm depleted of my energy right now give me a day give me two days whatever whatever that time is but make sure that your plan is to act to get better your plan is to do something to become closer to the person that you do admire and being that person for yourself i'm going to hang this whole episode up on a hook and i'm going to call my niece and nephew I think they're in Zoom school right now, so I might crash their class. <laughs> Don't tell their dad. Uh, Billy, Ryan, uh, if you guys are watching this, it was unintentional and I thought they didn't have school today. Um, that's it for, for this episode. I love you guys so much. Make sure that you claim your appreciations for today. Whatever it is that you appreciate from today, make sure you claim those. Count your blessings, those appreciations, whatever it is. If you like it, don't like it. There still might be something that you can appreciate about it. So claim your appreciations. That's it for now. Much love. Peace. 
One last thing, it's super important to me to highlight and build community. The people and organizations that I find really valuable, loving people, optimistic people that just live in a way that's full of passion and they actually help people out. And I'm super hyped. I mentioned them in episode one with mom, uh, the High Fives family. My High Fives family, for those of you that don't know, High Fives organization or High Fives foundation, um, you know what, I'll, I'm going to read, this is straight from their website actually on their about me portion. It's super quick and then I'll give my take on it from their website, highfivesfoundation.org. The High Fives Foundation, an adaptive sports foundation with heart. Our nonprofit organization is on a mission to provide hope and resources for athletes from all walks of life. We support our people and help them get back to their outdoor physical activity of choice from snowboarding and skiing to surfing and mountain biking and beyond. Just a real quick synopsis, my experience with high fives in my long drive career and my charity uh, side of my long drive career, I go out for golf tournaments where folks are raising money for charities. I sit on a tee box and I entertain and I raise a lot of money and I hit bombs for the folks that are in attendance that day and raise money for the charity of the day. High fives, this is how I was originally introduced to High Fives Foundation. I absolutely put high fives in my one of my favorite, if not my absolute favorite foundation. So I guess maybe I should have had more of a build up episode to episode to my favorite foundation. <laughs> I absolutely love, love my high fives family. The the things that I've seen personally, I have watched athletes who had major injuries from spinal injuries, neck injuries, uh, paralysis where you go from sending it and, and bombing jumps and whatever else, you know, motor injuries, mountain biking injuries, all these things that are life-changing injuries where now all of a sudden you're paralyzed. From one day, you're out here sending it, having a thrill, living your passion. And, and if you're not an athlete, maybe you're an artist or something like this, what I would compare this to is taking your art where you express yourself so thoroughly. And that's the poetry that you're able to do. That's the painting you're able to do. You paint with your body as an athlete, having your art completely wiped away from you just like that. That's how I would equate these experiences. And don't take my word for it. There's plenty of stories that you can listen to and, and tune into and, and high fives is an amazing resource for that. But I just absolutely can't, I can't even express it thoroughly how amazing it is to see high fives come in and swoop folks up who have these injuries that seemingly the rest of your life is completely gloomy. You just lost the thing that was most passionate to you. High fives comes in and they show the way. Not only, hey, we have experience with this. We know how this goes. We, we know a lot of the things that you're thinking that you're going through. The mental health aspect of it, the physical health and recovery aspect of these things. They also help fit and build the adaptive equipment for folks to get, to get back to doing what it is that they love. And that is an amazing place. That's an amazing bridge to take someone and, and kind of guide them over to the new phase of their life. Yes, you used to do it. <clears throat> you used to do it this way or that way. You, you might not be able to do it that way anymore, but you can, you can definitely, definitely still do it. You just got to do it in an adaptive way. And that breathe so much life. I've witnessed it. I, at these tournaments, I've seen some of the athletes that come out and they have adaptive equipment and, and have a blast and they're still living it up. And, and it's just an amazing organization. So in 
the building of this podcast, I wanted to absolutely make sure I highlight folks in the community, organizations in the community that I love, that I aspire to be like, and High Fives is one of those. So that's why I'm sharing them with you today. Please give them a look, whether it's Instagram or if you hop on their website, uh, highfivesfoundation.org. If you don't recall, hop on my Instagram at anthonythomas33 and I can direct you to them. If you if you are on board with this, I'm actually going to make a donation in honor in my parents' name. So Mama and Pops Thomas, I'm going to make a donation to High Fives uh, in their honor for being my stars for episode uh, one and episode two of the Entertained Podcast. So this donation is going to come to High Fives from them. And then if you have it in your heart, if you feel like, man, that sounds amazing, by all means, I want to donate too, please, please do so it's an amazing organization i can't say this enough and if that's if that's not on your heart that's okay at, at least just send some love you know they they love the appreciation i know that they appreciate appreciation so you can just shoot them a message hey you know i heard heard about you guys from the entertain podcast with anthony and i just want to say i i love what you guys are doing that's an that's an incredible thing so just share the love make sure you count your appreciations for today High fives, you are one of my appreciations today, every day. I love what you guys are doing. Thanks so much for for tuning into this, uh, what, episode two of the Entertain Podcast. And man, just stay optimistic, all right? Much love. Love you, pops.